and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of TV My Husband Hates. How you doing, Kat? You hanging in there? Do it. Do you know what? I'm hanging in there. I'm doing fine. (laughs) I think I've sort of come to, you know, I feel a bit like somebody on death row. And you know, they they kind of talk about how once they get onto death row, they just, there's just this sort of calm. Yeah. Like it's done. And I feel like that's me. Like (laughs) I'm just in the, I'm just comfortable now with the fact that this is, this is it. This is, this is as bad as it gets. And I just have to be okay with it. Right. Fair enough. Um, And you know, actually, we're just, we're muddling along quite fine. It's not very exciting. Yeah. You know, but we're just getting through it. It's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. (laughs) Nice. I'm just like, thank God for reality TV. Thank God for Bridgerton. Thank God for uh, all the documentaries I've been watching. Thank God for Married at First Sight. All of this stuff. Thank God. Absolutely. I'm really excited about like movies coming direct to TV because we've got a lot of them now. Like if you have HBO Max, they just stream directly to HBO Max. And there's a serial killer one coming out with Jared Leto as the serial killer. And I am so excited about that. And I cannot fucking think of the name of it. It's escaped me right now. <laughs> I think it's like little things or it's it's Let little me look. Let me, things something. Let me have a look. Um, but it looks incredible and it's coming out soon. So I'm excited to be able to like stream movies. But I'm also a little sad because I feel like we may see the death of the theater, like the movie theater within our lifetime. This scares me a little bit. It is called The Little Things. The Little Things. You're right. And it's got um, Rami Malek in it as yeah. well. I love him. And, and Denzel. Oh, yeah. Denzel's like the cop. Um, it looks No, I'm amazing. up for that. I think you might be right. I, I worry that you might be right. I think. Well, Although, you know, I feel like maybe it's like the theater. I was saying this to Jimmy the other day. I was like, the great thing, I know it's shit that he's not working at all right now, but what at least we know that when he can work he will work the, yeah. that industry will bounce back live music will always come back well i think so that's i think there that's will great. there will all be always be a market for movies i just don't know if the theater experience is what it used to be to like get people to yeah. go there like we've got some really cool theaters called the alamo draft house where they like serve food and they do fun stuff around it i could see them surviving but i think just like your typical movie theater like honestly i'm way more comfortable watching movies at my house yeah i know what you mean i think i I would still go to the big screen especially for those big big movies you know the ones that you really want to see on a big screen but i don't know i hope not but yeah who knows what post-covid globe is going to look like yeah who knows but anyways we'll see we'll see um We've got five shows this week because we lost OC. We'll thank be doing goodness. the reunion when that comes up. Yeah, thank God yeah, for that. Yeah, it's only a two-episode reunion, so it should actually be next week. So it'll, we'll be finished oh, with cool. it next week. Good to know. I'll yeah. get on that then. Um, and in the meantime, we've just got... Uh, and we're also wrapping up Southern Charm this week. That we finished, are. finally. They're going to have a two-episode reunion as well. So we'll have that to look forward to. That reunion is going to be interesting spicy yeah i'm excited yeah i've really really enjoyed southern charm this season i'm glad we've added it to the lineup because it's it's long been one of my favorite shows and i just 
I can't fucking big up the production company that does it on how they handled everything this year. It, it has been my favorite way that COVID and Black Lives Matter has been dealt with in a show. Me too, hands down. And I think obviously they had, uh, uh, I guess everybody has a responsibility to do it, but being yeah. in Charleston, I think it, it it was always going to be way more central. And then the storyline itself with Catherine being a Calhoun and getting yeah. herself in all of that shit. Such an interesting insight into what it was like to deal with that stuff in such a much more polarized society than we live in. Like Charleston is more polarized. For sure. You know, to For a, sure. Of course it is. And it's really interesting. To, anyway, we're going to talk yeah, about yeah. Southern Charm. <laughs> like we're doing it all. We're doing it all ass backwards. We at are. The moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but let's start. Let's, let's start off with um, Real Housewives of Atlanta. And I, you know, we've talked a lot about how we really yeah. struggled with last season like uh, this episode <laughs> didn't inspire me with any confidence, but let's do, I mean, let's do our best. Let's chat yeah. about what happened. Let's, there are a few interesting things. I mean, I think it's really interesting to talk about Candy and her situation with her ex and Riley's dad. For sure. I wanted to strangle that woman who's like working in the background of her house that was just like, well, but monetarily you're fine. So why are you going after him? Like, I, I, I don't like... I feel like women who go after their exes or, you know, the father of their children for child support are somehow like if they're wealthy, that they shouldn't be doing it because they're fine or even like they shouldn't be doing that at all. Like that men don't have a responsibility to take care of their children. I feel I don't know. Well, it really makes me like- mad. But it, but they're both wealthy. Yeah, like it's not like Candy's well, I don't asking know if, for money he doesn't have. I don't know if he is still wealthy. Like she said in the show, he's had moments where he has been very wealthy. He never gave any money at that point either. Yeah, I mean the point is yeah. is she has brought this child up. She's right. looked after her. She's fed her. She's clothed her. And yes, she's had the money to do it. But it's not about the money. No. It's like, if you weren't there to fucking kiss the boo-boos and cuddle them after nightmares and help them through their first breakup, then the very fucking least you can do is meet your responsibility on a financial level. I mean, let's be real. Kids are a financial responsibility. We all have to pay for our kids. Like, it's just the way it is. And whether you're still together or not, you still have that responsibility to that child and... I don't know. I, I I didn't like that another woman was saying that to her. Like that really rubbed me the wrong way. Like because it fuck? because it and it 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 misses the point. Yeah. But it's also really it's a really dangerous precedent to set that men don't have to be res- uh, in no he in no way has shown any fatherly responsibility. No. And for her to suggest that that is okay, right, is not okay. Is is not okay and it, it, i was blown away by that i'm surprised candy didn't smash her in the face uh, i wonder if that girl got fired like it seems to me that candy would not fucking deal with that kind of mindset in her house she does not seem like that type of person to be cool with that even if it wasn't this, about her you know what i'm saying like totally this coddling of the men in this situation is just disgusting for it's disgusting. Sure. Why are we? Why is she protecting him so? Like, no reason to. He's a dad. Yeah, no reason to whatsoever. And he's Doesn't a shit Riley dad. Doesn't Riley deserve he was that a money? Shit dad. 
Of course well, and she also, does. Also, let's be clear. This isn't money for Candy. Candy no. isn't asking for this money because she wants to take it and go to fucking Carbo and buy a ton of designer shit. Right. She can do that anyway. Yeah. She's asking for this money for Riley. Yeah. I think she said she's going to put it in a trust or just do some of Whatever she pay does for with college. It. Like, like, who the buy fuck Buy a cares? house with it for yeah. her. I don't care. <laughs> no. Give it to Riley and let her blow it on fu- fucking coke and hookers. I don't give a shit. It's just not his. He, he needs to give her the fun. He just needs to give her the fucking money. Yeah, it's his responsibility. He was there when she was conceived. So therefore, you know, he needs to pull his weight. It's Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, Candy. And then also we get Candy working really, really hard on this food drive. And I have to say, I really... Respect, Candy. I'm really disappointed with the lack of, I guess, and maybe this is unfair, but I imagine that if they were doing it, it would definitely be on the TV. I'm really disappointed with the lack of um, action, drive from a lot of these women that we are seeing. Like, I see Candy doing something really, really positive. Obviously, we see Portia doing something really positive, using these platforms to do something good. I just feel that the other women could be doing more. Well, and I don't even just feel like it's Atlanta. Like, the OC could have been, like, raising money and doing food drives. Dallas could... I mean, maybe they have, and we're just not there yet with Dallas. But I think you're right. I feel like... I mean, Atlanta has been the most activist group of housewives. And it's really only two of them doing shit. Yeah. You know, like it's really, it's just disappointing kind of across the whole like Bravo universe or whatever that we're not seeing more people use their platforms for positive things or to like raise money or help others. Yeah. It's real. I couldn't agree more. I don't know. Um, but it is, but this drive is great. Candy's doing yeah. an amazing thing to be feeding like 400 and set or 749 people. It's just phenomenal. It's well, phenomenal. Getting, She's doing and getting ACE job. involved. And I mean, I think that's really important. I think it, it, it's more important. Honestly, the richer your parents are, I think the more important it is that you get involved in giving back and giving your time and seeing, you know, other people ways of living because i think you can be in a bubble real quick i mean especially now as we're all having to live in the bubbles of our homes like i think we're all being disconnected and i think it's great that she's giving back and she's got her kids involved and you know she gets the girls involved involved. exactly yeah um everybody turns up kenya (laughs) kenya turns up uh takes control and then starts being a twat to everybody i wish she hadn't turned up she's such a dick I know, don't turn up with such a fucking bee in your bonnet. Like, don't turn up and be a miserable cowback. She she insulted, obviously, Portia. Right. Then uh, Being completely insensitive to the situation she's going through with her baby daddy, while Kenya is also dealing with a lot of shit, going with her ex-husband. It's like, you think she'd get over her petty bullshit. Yeah, and be like empathetic. And actually, we have something we can connect on now. Like, let's try to do that. Portia's growing up a little bit. Let's connect on that. But she's just a dick. Because she's so insecure that she sees Portia doing everything really maturely and really honestly and authentically, and she has to come and undermine it. Anything that does something, anybody that does something that is 
that shows Kenya up to be the kind of apathetic, self-absorbed little cowbag that she is. She just has to go in on. Well, I think you can take it even further. Like, you know how she's always like, she's brought like Toya into the group for whatever reason, but like she's picking on um, Cynthia about Drew. That's like Drew yeah, has a being fucking a peach. Like she's she part of the show, it. asshole. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And then and then also Marlo. Marlo gives a donation of five grand. Yeah. And she can't just be like, wow, that's cool. She's like, oh, which sugar daddy did she get to pay for that? It's like, fuck off. Yeah. Just just go and sit in a vat of your own fucking poison and right. just let don't bother the rest of us with it because it's so unnecessary and it's so embarrassing to watch a woman of that age behave like that fuck yeah fuck yes do better there's bigger fucking things going on in the world kenya right now like you've got bigger things going on in the world right now leave everybody else the fuck alone yeah i don't know what her fucking problem is she's obnoxious i'm I'm really like over her and it's almost to the point where it's like i almost don't want to watch the show because i don't want to deal with her i have to say it's not a show I sit down and relish. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I've got to watch Atlanta. Yeah. It's on Sunday nights here, too. So it's almost like, it's like the very first. The I mean, obviously, it's the first one. Do. So it's like, nah, let's just get this over with. Yeah. Um, speaking of Portia, yeah. we get a little bit more of the tea around what happened between her and Dennis. And I thought this was really, really interesting. I said to you in the meeting we had beforehand, she said something that really resonated with me. Um not that Jimmy's ever cheated, but like, right. I think it's really easy for us to get into the habit of treating people, our, our, our kind of partners badly. And she did say, she said, even though I got over the cheating, I couldn't get out of the habit of punishing him. And I was like, oh, that felt so, I guess like a moment, because even though we're good now, pre-therapy, pre, right. you know, when we were on the fucking downers, um, I was just hanging on to shit. Like I, yeah. I just kept treating him like he was the guy that he used to be and i just the resentment meant that i everything was infected with kind of negative energy and and attitude and i was like that that is such a great way of putting it and i love hearing portia say the way portia talks now yeah compared to the way that she spoke when she was with cordell way back when it's like two different people it's so inspiring to watch for sure i mean i like that she said like she bit to the point that there was nothing left like you guys obviously got therapy and were able to like mend some of those resentments and work through those but she's just like like it's done like it's all that and i also really like i just i feel i really like seeing portia become self-aware and i feel like that's what we've seen through all these episodes of atlanta is just like her growth and her kind of finally coming to her own and you know I, I think it was interesting where she's like, you know, I kind of lost myself there for a minute, like with Dennis. And now I'm I'm getting myself back and it feels good. And I don't know. It's nice to see that. Like she's going to well, be fine. I think it's, 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 a, it's really difficult, but really kind of mature to be in a, re- to recognize that you can be with somebody who you love, but is not good for you. Yeah. Doesn't bring out the best in you or doesn't force you to be your best self. And I think that's what she's done. She like, she loves Dennis as her, as as Pilar's dad and as a co-parent. But to be able to recognize that as a couple, they're not 
as good for each other, then I, I think that shows real fucking maturity. I mean, she's rapidly standing out to me as the most mature housewife, the smartest housewife on this show. Yeah, I think... Maybe excluding Candy. For sure. But, but all the others are just hot messes compared to these two. I totally agree with you on that one. Um, and I, And I like them both. I like both Candy and Portia. I think they do good for other people. I think they're humble about where they've, like gotten to and where they've come from and and i think it's just for for, i think candy's always been pretty steady that like solid grounded person and i've always really liked that role for her and her show and i like watching porsche's journey but the rest of these ladies like i could give two fucks like even cynthia who i do like but i'm just like come on it just feels a bit tired like this whole cynthia this whole conversation about her dad coming to the wedding like her mom, like I know her mom has been through a lot of stuff and I don't want to diminish that in any way, shape or form, but her mom was kind of an asshole to her through this conversation. I, I'm with you. Like, I don't, I I get that her mom has obviously the right to not be in a room with a man who abused her. For sure. Like, I get that. But I don't like the emotional blackmail that's being involved here. Like, I don't yeah. like the way she's like, I did this. I've been there for you. Da, 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 da. C- Cynthia still has a dad. Yeah. And Cynthia's relationship and, and Mal still has a relationship right. with her dad. And I just think it's really unfair to put children, no matter how fucking old they are, right. in that position. Um I think it would be different if she had, if he hadn't beaten her, I'd be like, you know what? You're, you're the adults, you're the parents, you need to get over it and be in the same room. For sure. It definitely makes it tricky. It definitely makes it trickier, but I just think it could have been handled in a way. And maybe she was triggered and just lashing out. I don't know. But what I do know is that Noelle, she uh, needs to check herself a little bit. She needs to shut her fucking mouth. Like, this is not your level. Like, you are not at this family level yet. Like, you are, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, you are still the kid in this, like, triad relationship. Like, I know things were strained with your mom, and your grandma took care of you, and you feel very protective of her. Fine. But you let your mom and your grandma deal with this. Like, you are not the voice of reason in this conversation. You have not lived life enough. You don't take sides. No! No! And you especially don't dog out your mom who, let's be fucking frank, if your mom had not hooked up with Leon and you got this amazing <laughs> genetics lottery winning, You wouldn't be doing what you're doing. You would not be a fucking beauty influencer. And you would not have the means to just be able to do that instead of going to college and getting, you know, a, a different type of job. Like, you owe this woman a lot. A hundred percent she does. And I think even if, even if that's not the case, like... It's just not her place. No. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, just know when it's not your conversation. It's not even that she's a kid, although she is a kid, but yeah. it's like, this is nothing to do with you. Right. Mal keeps quiet. Mal's like... And Mal know, has more to, her, should have more to say about it. A hundred percent. She says, look, I have a relationship, but she doesn't get involved in what the right no. thing to do is. She knows this isn't about her. And this is just the immaturity of Noelle. But I tell you what, if I was Cynthia, I'd be taking Noelle out and having a word with her about like boundaries and fucking respecting your elders and minding your own fucking business. Hell yeah. Because that shit is free. Yeah. It's free. Mind your own fucking business costs you nothing. Exactly. Exactly. Or you know what? Just sit there and be supportive and both be like, shit, this is a really tricky situation. I feel bad for you both. Because that's what it is. 
it's a shit Sit on situation that fucking for fence, both babe. of those people. <laughs> You know, Here's that's what fence. divorced kids do. Noelle, take notes. You sit the fence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you it's really recognize. Comfy. You get yourself. You get rec- yourself a cushion. Exactly. You recognize the situation maybe a little bit more than you can comprehend or that you've lived through that you have no idea about. You just uh, fucking sit there quietly and support everybody. <laughs> yeah. It's not hard. Nope. She will learn. She will learn. We'll see. Um, we will see. While we've got you here, we'd love to talk to you about our brand new Patreon account. Woohoo! It's all the extra content that is not only about reality TV, but all the other TV that we happen to be watching. And if that wasn't cool enough, we also give away a little bit more about ourselves. So there's lots of personal stuff on there too, if you want to get to know us better. So head on over to patreon.com, search for TV My Husband Hates, and all this extra content can be yours for less than a cup of coffee. Or a glass of wine. Whatever you choose. Okay, let's move on to Below Deck, where Rachel is still causing chaos. You know what, though? Thank God she is, because what else would we be talking about? Let's be (laughs) frank. Like, this is like the blandest crew ever (laughs) she is making up for the lack of personality amongst every fucking crew member she really is is. i mean i don't want to say it but like i sort of we've we've said it before like i kind of want coronavirus to come along like just to spice some shit up yeah for sure i mean i think you know if, if i mean at least we've got some spiciness with james and elizabeth We've got yeah. crazy drunk Rachel who makes the most phenomenal food on the planet. So part well, of she's me- essentially a super high function alcoholic. I was explaining yeah. this to Jimmy. He sort of saw one of her like rants and raves. And I was like, I was like, so this is what she's doing and blah, blah, blah. He's like, so essentially she's just a really super high function alcoholic. I was like, oh yeah, like, that's, that's literally exactly what she is. Um, and it's, and it, it's really interesting because she cooks yeah. really, really, really well. And then as soon as she st- stops cooking, she drinks, 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 until she has to cook again. And it's just, it's dark. Well, y- yes and no, though, because she's not drinking like during the charter either. Because like, no, but that's what it means. So, so that can be a super high, f- so super high functioning alcoholics can be that they are able to they be don't sober drink. when they need to be. But as soon oh. as they don't need to be, they are like, fucking the worst kind of drunk alcoholic all the time like whenever they don't have to be sober they are drunk interesting that is not my experience with super high functioning alcoholics but that's interesting um yeah um but anyway the point is she's causing serious ruckuses because she decides during this dinner to really just lay into james for reasons yeah. that i am still really struggling to comprehend i think in her mind because like she explained it the last time like in her mind he's hit on everybody so he's just landed on elizabeth because she said yes like this is the story in her head james has tried it with everybody everybody's turned him down other than her and she likes her too much to let her be that girl, if that makes sense. I think that's the story that's in her head. It's not fucking reality. That's not as that's not actually what has happened. But I feel like that's where Rachel is coming from. Like I feel in her heart she thinks she's coming from a good place, but she doesn't know the story. Well, yeah, and I feel like 
she she's kind of living in this fantasy world because as far as she's concerned, all I have seen of James yeah. is like help her with the dishes, offer to help, like take out the trash. Like yeah. as far as she's concerned, I feel like she's just made up this story about James. Yeah. And decided that it's real. Like I get it. Yeah. He's I think he's he's the banter guy. I don't think he's a bad guy. And I no. think you can tell that. But she's just I don't know. I, I mean, don't, you, I don't know. You would think Rachel could tell that cuz I mean, we had a whole cast of disgusting dudes last season. It's pretty fucking obvious that James is not one of those guys. Yeah, and I she's find been it. in the and she's been in the industry for like 15, 20. I mean, she's been in the industry for a long time. So you think that her spidey sense would be more in tune, but it could be drunk. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, she's definitely seen 100% she has seen more despicable human beings than men than yeah. James. So like I don't get it. I don't get it. Anyway, this is this is how she feels and she lays into him. And I think with grace, he takes this like a fucking champ because he doesn't, he just asks politely if they could stop talking about him. And then yeah. when he's done, he gets up and he walks away to go to the bathroom. He does not fight back. Like, no, I cannot imagine the strength that must have taken. Yeah. And then he gets back to find that Elizabeth and Rachel are off having a cozy chat together and, and is pissed off. Yeah. And I think rightly so. I mean, you and I were talking about this a little bit. And at first I was like, is he being a little harsh with her? Because I think like Elizabeth meant to take Rachel to the side and like have a word with her about talking about James, but that ended up not happening. And then I kind of went back to not liking Elizabeth very much anyways. And the, it's my up and down with Elizabeth in this episode. Yeah. Um, no, I hear you. I hear you. And I agree. I think I would have expected somebody I was dating yeah. to to stand like to turn Just around and say the at up. the table while it was happening no this is not okay shut up he's yeah. a nice guy rachel what the fuck is wrong with you right i was like i'm with james yeah. and i think it's interesting to see it in that way because often we see this you didn't stick up for me thing with the girl getting for at sure. the boy uh and i and i think it's really interesting to see it the other way around because you know, we have to do the same thing, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, if we all want equality, we got to stand up for each other when people are being dickheads, especially drunken right. dickheads. Like, come on. I mean, but also scary drunk. Like, Rachel is a scary drunk. Like, I don't, I wouldn't want to be around her. She I don't freaks find me her, out. I don't find her scary as just fucking embarrassing. Like, yeah. I don't think she's going to harm anybody. I don't think she's going to harm herself. Like, she's not like Ashton punching, like, Ashton punching windows, yeah. that's fucking scary to me. Like, I don't like that. She, she's not ragey. She's not ragey in a physical way. Like, I'd probably be worried that she would talk shit to me, but I would just talk shit back to her. I think that's her. what I mean. I mean, I find her, yeah. like, emotionally volatile. I, I feel like I couldn't relax yeah. around her when she's like that. I'd be like, we're going to have to either watch her or we have to watch our own backs or yeah. somebody we have to... I'd probably fucking... just go eat at a different table. I'd probably stop hanging out with her. I'd stop going, like, yeah. I'd... I would. I'd be like, why don't you no. can sit here? Like, we're done. We're done no, with you. I hear you. And we see how her um, behavior has super triggered Captain Lee in about like the passing of his son last year, which I thought was a really. I know, and that's really sad. It was a really sad, but it was a. I think it was a tender growth moment between him and Francesca because I definitely feel he's missed having Kate as the chief stew. Like he's missed having I wrote exactly his the same there. thing. I was like. 
Yeah, I I thought I think he has sort of made a decision that he likes chess, like he he yeah. likes her, and and this was kind of the beginning of him starting to create a bond with her that he got with Kate. Like, you know, he likes to keep great stuff. And I think once yeah. he's decided he likes her, he's like, okay, I'm going to open up a little bit and have a real moment. And it was really touching. And I can't even imagine how hard it must be to go through something like that. But then also to see all those just photos yeah. of hot Captain Lee. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and just like the naked little butts and the tan light, you know, all it's fucking of that. 80s, just, 80s and 90s parenting right there in those pictures, man. <laughs> it just made me feel like, God, that could be my kid. And For then sure. she gets to 36 and dies of an overdose. Like, how the fuck do you not? Yeah. Oh, it just broke my heart. Well, and it was it broke I, my heart. I believe it was like an opioid addiction as well, which is just yeah. fucking terrible. I mean, it's it's terrible anyways, but I feel like it's kind of a terrible US issue that we've got going on at the moment and and it's all this like This is stemming. like oxy and stuff as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, cuz it's all stemming from like pain medication and doctors prescribing and then kids getting hooked and like it's just a fucking downward spiral from there and it's just it's scary as shit. Did you watch a documentary? I can't remember what it's called. Um I think it's like a Netflix documentary about this father who... Oh, I do. It's called The Pharmacist. Yes, and I did. And his dad and this kid was killed and it and it led him to this kind of yeah. oxy drug ring that doctors were facilitating and making a fucking shit ton of money. Anyway, For sure. it's, really inter- I mean, it's really good. If you haven't watched The Pharmacist, watch it. It's a no. good one. I mean, it's a huge issue. Like even Grey's Anatomy did a whole like season storyline on the opioid addiction with, you know... That kind of stuff. I'm still hunting for a place to watch season 17. Oh, maybe I'll have to give not you yet. my codes. I think it's next month. Oh, it's um, also real spotty, so you're not really missing all that much. But anyways. Uh, and then <laughs> illness. We've got everybody's coming down with the sickness. We've got Ashling, who's yeah. shitting through the eye of a needle, as is Rachel. I thought that Rachel was just suffering from grog bog, but you're more sympathetic to her and think she might actually be sick. Well, I feel like if she was the only one, I would think that was it. But I feel like because Ashling has something too, like that there there must be like some food related something from the beach club or yeah, whatever. Um, and then, but you know, they're both powering through and working through it, but Elizabeth can't get up on time because she has a UTI. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a little bit more sympathetic towards Elizabeth on this only because my experience of UTIs is so fucking horrendous. Yeah. Uh, that, but I, but she doesn't seem to be suffering that badly. Like she does get she up and she's like, her, yeah. I think if you like, I can't get out of bed right. when I've got a UTI. Like I can't even walk upright. It's horrendous. Yeah. So, I, I think she is maybe laying it on a little bit. I think she's milking it a little bit. And that's my point. Like, if she was, like, literally in bed on the phone to Francesca and, like, I'm in so much pain, I can't get out of bed, can you call a doctor for me? I think I've got a raging UTI. Like, I can't move. I would have way more sympathy than someone who, like, just sleeps in a couple hours and pops up and, like, oh, thanks for calling the doctor. Well, and also, let's not forget that Izzy has just got back from the doctor to discover that she's got double kidney infection, a UTI and strep throat and has worked all the way through apart from like being sent down to sleep. So, yeah, 
now that I've remembered that, I'm right. like, fuck's sake, Elizabeth, just fucking get up and do your job. Well, and like you said, like if she physically couldn't get out of bed, that's a completely different story. But that's not what happened. She just like slept no. in a couple hours and then was like, oh, thanks for calling the doctor. I'll go do my job now. Yeah, well, she's got that UTI though, don't you? Yeah. That's what happens in a hot tub. That's what manky cuddles do to you. Yeah, it's what happens when you have the sex after the hot tub and you don't wee. Got to wee before and after sex. All the time. Always. Um, Okay, well, listen, let's see how it goes. You know, I I still enjoy watching Below Deck. You know what? I I do too. Like, for me, like, Atlanta's more of a slog than Below Deck, even though slightly more things are happening on atlanta what i am excited about is below deck sailing yacht starts in march so that is definitely coming back so that's that'll be exciting we'll have double below decks for a little while which is always fun i'm here for that for sure um but for now let's move on to dallas where again maybe it was just a slow week i felt this was kind of a slow week as well (laughs) i just don't care about carrie's 50th birthday Uh, yeah I, i don't I don't really carry. I sort of, I mean, I know that they've got to create content yeah. for this fucking show, but I sort of feel like if we're in the middle of a pandemic, yeah. let's not spend t- hundreds of thousands of pounds on a party in a massive garden for five people. Well, I mean, I think like we talked about, I think we've talked about this with other shows. Like sometimes it can just come off as a little tone deaf. I think we called the OC out on that at the, like the beginning yeah. of the season. And it's just like, dude, People are losing I mean, their fucking jobs and their minds because they are trapped inside all the time and you're flouncing around throwing fucking guarding parts. Like, I know. T- standing on tables and being like bathed in champagne by hot... I mean, like, I get it. It's your 50th and yeah. I understand. Hey, as two people who are having their 40th birthdays this year, we fucking know how much all we want to do is party like we're fucking 21. But it's so just my can't friend happen. is turning. Well, my friend is turning forty at the end of August. She's like, "Listen, I have taken the plunge. I have booked the rooftop at the Ned, which is like yeah. the fanciest hotel in London town." Um, she's like, "It is all out. We are big dresses. Like she's she's got this amazing taffeta full length. She's Holy like, we're shit. fucking on it." Uh, I was like, this is the most optimistic thing I have ever heard, but I am here for it. So I am buying dresses and fucking training up for a night because I'll be out of practice. Yeah. Yeah. You'd better start practicing now. But but are you planning your own 40th? I really want to do a big fucking party. Yeah. And I don't know whether... I just don't know whether I never throw myself birthday party. Like I just don't occasionally yeah. I'll have people over, but I feel like 40 is the party to go, right. I'm going to fucking spend some money and throw a party. Yeah. I mean, and I do feel like July, we're going to be further out of this. I just don't know how far we're going to be. Yeah. I don't know whether we're going to be my 40th far. I don't know. I feel like, as far as us celebrating our 40th birthdays, that's not going to happen this year. I don't think international travel is going to come back up. I just don't. No, I, I wish agree. I wish it did, but I just don't see it happening. So for my 40th, like I'm saving some of my 40th celebration for a big thing that we can do family-wise in a couple of years. Yeah. But I did book a table. There's this really awesome restaurant here in Denver called Linger, and they're doing these like pods on the roof. 
these like plastic oh, amazing. pods. My birthday's in March, so it's still like snowy here. Um, so we're going to go out to eat with another couple in one of those pods because you have to book them like months in advance. So I booked it and we'll just That'd do that. That'd be super cool. Yeah. And then for- Oh, I think that'd be amazing. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I think it'll be good, but it I won't don't know be do. as fun as what you and Probably I had even nearly planned. as fun. We'll just have to do that later. We'll just save the money. This is just the year of broken fucking dreams. I'm over it. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, back to 50th birthday party. So I understand what she wanted and why she wanted it. I just, I don't know. It's just I'm the same. not the time. I don't know. No, it's it too soon. Awkward. Um, but before we go in deep on the party, yeah. let's talk about that interesting conversation that Stephanie and Travis has. Stephanie is still probably one of my favorite housewives out of the whole of the housewives. Hands down. Hands down. In the world. I love yeah. her. Um, and I really related to this conversation that she had with Travis because, like, obviously she's started this foundation where she is getting Travis's company to um, remodel high school Locker like rooms. underprivileged yeah. high school locker rooms, which I think is a great idea. Yeah. Uh, Travis is kind of giving her shit for it. I can't hate Travis, even though I know he's being a dick. I sort of feel that there is always something a little tongue in cheek with him. Like, I for don't sure. think he is a dick. No. I think he just likes to push the fucking buttons. He likes to wind um, her up. I think it's their sexy yeah. foreplay. <laughs> I do too. And I think that that's so I, this is fine. Yeah. But I do really appreciate her chat about like, the kids are now in school. I want to do something for me. For sure. Um, I mean, I think how many of us can relate to that, right? Every single one of us whose kids are finally either going to both be in school or, you know, are maybe getting to like your 40s. I mean, this is what I, th- I think we've talked about it for different episodes. Like, you have to kind of refine yourself at like all these like big transitional times in your life. And I think when you were youngest, like when your kids are in school and they're fine and they're like doing their thing, it really like for women who stay home, it's like, fuck, where have, where have I been? Like you've been so invested in like getting to these milestones that you're like, shit, I'm not even that girl anymore. Like I got to figure this shit out again. And I mean, I think we talked about it when we were talking about with Wendy um, on Potomac, like just kind of reevaluating your life and really thinking about what you want to do because you've put yourself last for so long. No, it's, it's a real thing. And I think it's something that some guys kind of balk at when they hear it first, because they panic that they're, yeah. status quo is going to be really disrupted. And obviously this was kind of a discussion that they were having. And, yeah. you know, the fact is, is that just because something's going to change doesn't mean it's going to be worse. And I think no. I'm really excited to see what Stephanie does because I love that she was a social worker. I love, I know that whatever she chooses to do will be about doing something good. Um, For sure. That's what she's and I always love about. Her for that. She's always about yeah. that. Like when she was struggling with depression, she's very open about it, talking about it, wanting to help people. Like she's just a badass. Like she just wants to be friends and have a good time. Like, that's really it. Like, that's her agenda for the show. And I wish yeah. we had more housewives who were that way. Who were yeah, like, this totally. is fun. It's not, you know, some things are serious. And when they are serious, we can talk about it. But let's just have a good time and get along and do something good with our platform. Because I think that's what she's all about. 
And she's also got a wicked sense of humour. You know, Portia's <laughs> the same on Atlanta. Like, Portia's sense of humour is fire. Like, when she tells Cynthia, you need to use your coochie credit, like, I'm howling <laughs> with laughter. And Stephanie's the same. She's got yeah. this, like, you know, I posted it on Instagram. She's like, I'd rather eat Travis's butthole than that chicken foot. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we, you know, we digress. I think it's interesting. I can't wait to see her grow a little bit. Talking yeah. of chicken feet, should we go back into the party? Oh, God. I don't know where Cam fucking gets off telling people what's right about their own fucking culture. The lady who eats like a toddler. I was like flabbergasted at this. And I think it's just, this is when I know that Cameron isn't putting on an act. Like she really is occasionally this stupid. And I don't use that word lightly, but there are times when I'm like, Cameron, this is, unless you physically cannot compute this, you have, like, you have to be operating at an IQ level a bit like fucking down here because it's not okay to tell a Chinese person what is culturally relevant to them and what isn't. No, it's not your fucking place. If you don't want to eat and the chicken foot, that it- fine. Like, she wasn't stuffing it in your mouth. Like, she wasn't pouring... Like, I mean, if we look at Carrie pouring alcohol into people's mouths and forcing them to drink was not what Tiffany was doing with the chicken foot. She just wanted no, people to and- try it. And Cam's like, I was grossed out. I mean, if you I cooked a meal and somebody went... I was grossed out by that. I'd be like, fuck you six times over. Yeah, you can leave. Like, fine. Or be a grown-up and just be like, you know what? I really don't want to try it, but thank you anyways. Like, where are your fucking Southern manners now, Cam? You're all hung up about the centerpiece, but you were a dick. She was a dick. She was a dick. And And still being a dick. And the thing is, even if she did have kind of a point, that like she felt really pressured and and right. I guess alienated and like eat the foot eat the foot even if she did have a point which I think she actually did a little bit yeah she just completely undermines it for sure with everything else for sure I love I just oh she drives me insane she drives me insane as well um I would just like before we move on from Dallas to chat a little bit about Tiffany because again I really like her I liked the way in this episode she was like I know I could do with loosening up a little bit and she's really trying to kind of I guess you know cut off the chains of her kind of upbringing and like really try and enjoy herself a little bit more I'm surprised she takes being thrown in the pool so calmly when she can't swim um yeah especially like being hammered too I think I would have freaked out. And this is Carrie. She's just yeah. too fucking much. And and I did understand, like, I understood what Carrie said when she's like, when right. I'm doing that, that's me saying I want you to be included in the fun and I'm including you. And I, I can get that if that's well, how you operate. But you have to recognize that that's not how everybody operates. Right. It doesn't give you, like, carte blanche to, like, run over everybody else's boundaries or safety. <laughs> I looked at it more yeah. like also like this is kind of Carrie's culture like this is what sh- this is how she has a good time so like Tiffany was trying to get in on that like fine you know what I need a little I need to be a little bit more like that I'm just gonna embrace it and like I love that about her instead of bitching I do too about like somebody trying to make you try a food that maybe you didn't want to try she just fucking put her big girl pants on and had a good time 
And she took those tequila shots she didn't want to drink like a champ. Like, because she thought, you know, maybe this is going to be fun. And she still got up the next fucking day and went and saved some fucking lives. Well, this one, I was going to say, like, she had a big fucking point. Like, none of those other ladies, as much as I love them all, and they all have different things that they have to do, have to get up and be in charge of someone's fucking anesthesia for surgery the next day. I don't want my anesthesiologist fucking hungover. They're the people who watch you breathe when you're (laughs) underneath... You know, they keep you alive when yes. you're like basically being cut apart. Yes. Like you want them on the ball. I want 100%. them sharp and focused. I don't want them fucking hungover. <laughs> you don't want them smelling of fucking Don Juan 1942. No. That's not what you look. Don Julio 1492. Right. That's not what you're looking for. Um, yes, I like her. She's a good addition. I'm excited because I think she's going to put the cat amongst the fucking pigeons, and I can't wait to see those fireworks. For sure. Um, talking of fireworks, Salt Lake City. That's a very resigned sigh. I mean... Well, because I feel like I just want to get right into Jen, and I think that kind of dominates everything. But maybe we should talk about other things first and then have just an all-encompassing Jen chat. Well, let's talk about Heather's date that Jen sets up. Let's get a little bit of that in. Like, Jen, have you ever met Heather? Like... Or Big Daddy? Like, yeah, this, this was, guy was not this the guy was very, for her. He ordered a Shirley Temple. Like... Of all the non-alcoholic drinks to order, like... For sure, because really? Sharif doesn't drink either, because they're they're Muslim, which is fine. And maybe Big Daddy is as well. I don't know. But, like, Heather wants somebody who will drink and have a good time with her. Like, Jen, you know this about her. Like, how long... Like, I know this about Heather, and I've known her, like, fucking four weeks. Like, <laughs> how good of friends are you? <laughs> I could definitely have done a better job setting Heather up on a date For sure. than they did with Big Daddy. Sweet as he was, he spent an hour and 15 minutes talking about, I mean, I would, and Jen's line at the end where she's like, thanks Jen for inviting me to this sober TED talk was just fucking brilliant. (laughs) She's so spot Um, on. I loved it. She's so spot on. Um, Yeah, that date was a huge bust though. Like, come on. Oh, I mean, it was even awful to watch. I mean, boring to watch. Can you imagine how tedious it must have been to actually be there? I mean, I felt that Uh, talk went on a long time and we were only there for like three seconds of it. (laughs) (laughs) yeah we literally got the fucking time hop they had to sit through the whole thing um whitney decides to take the girls to vegas um and this again is never as straightforward as you would imagine i don't understand why lisa could not just fucking rsvp and say you know what i'm already gonna be there so i'll meet you guys there because she's a petty cow that's all it had to be and Meredith and do you know what somebody invites me to Vegas (laughs) they fucking invite Meredith to Vegas she's like oh it's not really my thing but I think I can make it I'd be like don't bother babe do you know what (laughs) we don't want you there anyways (laughs) don't bother if drinking with your girlfriends and having a good time is not your thing I don't think you should come don't do me a fucking favor stay home with your weird son who fucking wanks over you at night time and then wants to stab you <laughs> to death in the morning like don't get me you know that's happening you know there's some fucking oedipus shit going on there that's why he's gay he's gay because the only woman he would ever love and have sex with is his mom oh which is not did hot. i go too far like, did i go don't too like far? that no i think probably no you know i'm right though you are where's right. the fucking lie where's the lie it's not that's sexy dude it's not sexy it's really oh, gross i swear she she is 
she's that he's going to be a fucking documentary on Netflix soon. <laughs> One of those true crime. It you was heard the it here first. It. You heard it here first. This family lived a life of luxury in Salt Lake City, only to find their life was turned upside down <laughs> when their psycho vegan fucking designer spoiled brat son stabbed them all to death in their sleep. It's so weird because, like, on her social media, you see her two other kids, and they are so fucking normal and fine. It's just like, what the fuck happened to you? <laughs> this is it's like he's not right in the head like there is something no there's something that needs to be fucking diagnosed there and it's probably psychopathy. or you anyway. know what maybe he just needs to go back to fucking school and grow up some more <laughs> and yeah not take maybe time he just off needs to a good do a fucking, reality show yeah maybe just go and just get off my tv i yeah. cannot bear anyway meredith drags herself to vegas oh yes fucking joy in her heart and a <laughs> smile on her fucking face <laughs> damn <laughs> i don't know if you can tell but i'm fucking over the whining witches fucking twins lisa and meredith yeah um Whitney's only trying to do a nice thing. Like, I still... Whitney's only trying to do a fun thing. Well, you know, like, anyway. the only person that is going along on this trip with, like, fun in their heart is fucking Heather. And part of me feels like, why didn't Whitney and Heather just go to Vegas and have a good time together? Because even Jen is like, oh, well, I'm only going to go if I'm, like, the CEO of fun and, like, plans this whole thing and doesn't even tell Whitney. I, I cannot with Jen. Like, I am... I've tried. I've tried. I can totally get on board with divas. I love over-the-top people. Yes. Loud, obnoxious people. I can get on board. Like, they can be fun. Yeah, you're our people. What I cannot get on board with is when they have a fucking five-year-old trapped in their body. Yeah. Like, the childishness that Jen displays is... Off the scale, it makes my fucking four-year-old look like Kofi Annan. Like, it is batshit crazy how immature and inconsistent and emotionally volatile she is. She's a mess. She's a fucking hot mess that needs a lot more therapy. Like, there is shit there that she needs to fucking deal with. Because, like... So let's just start, like, planning the thing for Heather, I actually think was a good thing because Whitney needed time alone with the boring witchy twins, right? So they, they had to have that conversation and make everything okay. So that ended up working out. But while they're shopping, she fucking goes off about Whitney again. And it's like, Jesus Christ, woman. You already told Whitney that you accepted her apology and you were moving on. If you say but that, we've seen you this before. do it. Oh. We saw her do this with Mary. Yeah. They had the come to Jesus chat about the fucking hospital smells. She said she was sorry. They all moved on. And then yeah. it turns out it doesn't fucking count for anything. And Jen's just seething. And to this day, doesn't talk to Mary. And it's like, and Whitney's not going to come back from this. Like, no. I think this is Whitney's on the outs. And Jen is going to fucking make her pay for it. What I do think, though, I think Whitney will give her a harder time for it. Like, Fuck, I think Whitney's yeah. going to stand up more to her well, I rather mean, I, than just disappear well, like Mary's done. For sure. What I did like was that Heather did stand up to Jen and was like, so Whitney made you throw the glass? Like, your shit is not consistent. Like, no, Whitney already apologized also, for what she did. Like, come on. We've it's, done this. And stop making Heather feel fucking bad. Like, you're not part of the mafia. You're fucking ladies in Salt Lake City. 
Like, come the fuck on. It drives me insane. And and Heather's absolutely right. She wants a henchman. And this idea of, like, friendship being blind, loyalty, no matter what, you stand up for me is just, we've talked about it so many fucking times. It's not the way it works. It's not friendship. It's not cool. It's fucking bullying. It's insecure. It's controlling. Narcissistic bullshit. And Jen is, like... When I saw her do it with Mary, I was like, that's fucking weird. Now I'm like, oh, okay, this is Jen. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Over and out. Not interested. Not even a little Because bit. it's not even um, entertaining. Like, it's just no. fucking gross. It is. And I feel for Heather. And it's uh, like, and I think Heather's going to get sick of it. Like, I think Heather sees what's happening. Yeah. She's meek and mild, but I think that she will get to a point where she's like, this is not cool. Like, it's just not cool. No. Um, well, because it'll it'll happen to her, too. I mean, I think that's what you get with someone like Jen. Like, there is no reason that she's on the outs with these people. She has fabricated these fucking situations that may have a tiny bit of truth, but the majority of them are blown way out of proportion. So you know what? Nobody's safe. Nobody is safe no. as her friend. She could go off on everybody at a moment's notice. Well, and in the previews, we see that because we see them go and see some, I don't know, vagina whisperer. And she makes asks the question, who trusts, who doesn't trust Jen? And everybody puts their hand up. So yeah. if this shit doesn't act as a wake up call for her, right. then I don't know what's going to. But I do think it's going to get spicy. And I'm always here for a little bit of spicy television. Fuck. Yeah. And did, like her take that nosedive off the bar as well. That shoe fell apart. Oh my god, I forgot about that. That was like... <laughs> it's like, Heather saved your fucking life, and then you're gonna scream at her? Fuck you! Not cool. I know. Also, babe, you've just fallen off a fucking bar. <laughs> yeah. Like, your life is not... To get, your reputation is not that intact right now. <laughs> Actually, I think this is your reputation. So, like, you're on brand, fine. <laughs> yeah. But let's not be calling out other people's reputations right. oh, until man. we get our, our, our own fucking correct. Um... Let's wrap this up with Southern Charm. We talked a little yes. bit about it at the beginning. Um, before we get onto the Catherine stuff, uh, let's talk about Madison and Austin. Madison, this message is for you. We have been solidly Team Madison for this entire season. We have had your back. We have supported your choices. We have been Team Madison all the way. And you fucking made us agree with Austin. In this last episode. How dare you, I was Team Austin. I've ended up Team Austin. Throughout this whole season. What the fuck happened? I am now Team Austin. She is. I don't know. She's one of, you know, people are like, they have these psycho exes. Yeah. And you're like, but then why were they with them in the first place? This is why, right? Because Madison was adorable, gorgeous, mature, kind. Caring, thoughtful, humble, and then ambitious, yes, committed, yes, all the really good stuff. fit. And now she is literally a psycho ex. She's just literally a psycho ex. She was fucking horrible. And here's what makes me really mad because I hate that she's a psycho yeah, ex yeah. because you're like, stop being stop an calling asshole. women that, yeah, like, yeah. stop it. But there really isn't, like, this is the reason people have the leverage to call women this, because some women behave like Madison. Ugh. It's just awful. 
Austin. It wasn't just go awful to and Austin. sleep with whoever you. She was awful no. to like everybody. Awful, and she's like thinking so fucking highly of herself. Like, look how fucking hot I am, and I'm that That's, kind of arrogance yeah. is not attractive at no. all. You think. Even Pringle doesn't seem that enamored anymore. No. And I don't blame him. This makes me... You ask me now who I'd rather go out and drink with? Austin over Madison. For sure. Any day of the week. I think what pissed me off is I feel like she became the person that like Shep and everybody was talking about her as being last season. And I was like, no, she can't be like that. Like, whatever. But oh my God. She's proved them all right. Girlfriend. I, I just, I'm honestly no. flabbergasted yeah. that this, at, at the, that it, I've got to the end of the season and the person that I cannot stand is Madison. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think her and Catherine are kind of a tie for me. At the yeah. moment. I mean, yeah. But yeah. But- yeah, it's yeah, none of the I, dudes, blown which away. it 100% should be. But <laughs> I feel like she's got a little big for her boots. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I don't know whether this is the first season she's an, ad- she's an actual cast member. Yeah. And and I think maybe there does seem to be this real arrogance or sense of self-importance about her that but I, I haven't seen before. Like it, it, it is only in like, I think, I think it ties back to them bringing out the worst in each other because I feel like Austin kind of did the same thing at her party. Like he became the psycho ex and was like showing up when he said he wasn't going to and kind of being a dick about it. She just did the exact same thing. I mean, she was invited to this party, but I feel like they bring out something vile in each other. And I think Craig is right that they just need to fucking leave each other. Like they just need to go and be apart and not talk and not be friends because they can't. Because this is not comfortable I, for anybody. They've ruined the entire party. I cannot imagine breaking up with somebody and then spending the next few weeks screaming at them for sleeping with other people. Like, obviously, I mean, I've broken up with people and then I've heard that they've slept with other people. I didn't go over to the house and fucking scream at them. I got into bed no. with a fucking tub of ice cream and sleepless in Seattle and cried and drank a bottle of wine and then woke up and went and shagged somebody myself. Like, that's right. what, how you deal with this shit. Yeah, that's how grown-ups deal with it. <laughs> yeah. They eat and drink Self-harm. themselves silly and then go and have a one-night stand. Exactly. And you know what? That's she the grown-up way that. to deal with it. She could have been super cool <laughs> at the party and had sex with John Pringle that night. You know she could have. That's and and by this do. point, Austin doesn't give a shit. He's like, Pringle, you do you, <laughs> babe. You have her. <laughs> oh. That's how awful you've been, Madison. That's how awful you've been. Austin wants you now to shag Pringle. Right. But now I don't want Pringle to shag no. you. Because he's too good for you. Well, he's vulnerable he's right now he's about well. his babies. Yeah. I saw the he's preview for the reunion, and there are definitely some not nice things said about, like, his parenting choices, which I know is going to just fire us right up. So I'm looking forward to this reunion. I'm excited. Yes. Um, Let's wrap it up, though, because we've got the Catherine chat to have. Yeah. And I feel like this was an episode where Danny, who is, I think, to a certain extent, the Catherine Whisperer. She 100% is the Catherine Whisperer. Finally gets Catherine in the right place at the right time, in the right emotional mood. And we start to see a different 
approach from Catherine. Yeah. Until well, we fucking see, Madison comes in and ruins that shit. For as sure. Well. Like they needed five more minutes and they could and Danny could have gotten <laughs> Catherine there and it would have been a completely different end to the party. Um, I still think Catherine did better after having the chat with Danny because I do think I think Catherine has a lot of respect for Danny. Honestly, I do. I think she respects Danny. I think she does respect their friendship. I think she's young and immature and doesn't know how to handle shit when it goes wrong. Like she just doesn't. But um, I think Danny does know how to talk some sense into her. I'm glad she sat down and started to listen but I think in the reunion, we're going to have a very different Catherine. Like, I don't think yeah. this conversation will have made any difference. We always have had that with her. When she comes to the reunion, she is defensive as hot. fuck. She Every comes time. in hot. And it's just a really, it's a real shame because you see some real fucking glimpses of brilliance from Catherine. Yes. And yet. Every time she lets herself down because she gets all fucking feisty. But at least in this instance, she listened. Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting when Lever said, listen, none of us owe you this conversation, but For we sure. care enough yeah. about you to come to this table. And, you know, at least Catherine starts to ask the right question. She's like, okay, what can I do? Like, yeah. what do I do? And they're like, you do the work. Yeah. And she doesn't. You know, I don't think she really understands, and I fe- I sometimes no. feel like obviously, guys, she needs a little more bit more guidance. Like, you know what? Read these books. Read these books, and yeah. then come talk to me, or watch this documentary, it- or like I think she's someone you have to give concrete things to do because I think just telling yeah. her to do the work, she doesn't know what the fuck the work is. No, and I and I agree, and I and I'm not, but it's not in there. any way, yeah, excusing sure. her or even praising her for how she handles this. All I'm saying is that I think in this particular instance, she's less of a cunt than she was before. Excuse my language, um, but we'll see. Yeah. She. I did think it was interesting the chat she had with Madison at the table because I didn't realize that she had known Caleb for a long, 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 long time. Right. And all of a sudden started to date him. That did make me think it was more suspicious. But now we find out that they're sort of They're still, still together, together. So I don't know. I go back and forth with her. I just don't I know. I do too. I don't know. But the reunion will definitely shed some light on this. And I am excited about yeah, this reunion. It's going to be spicy. It is going to be two episodes. So we'll probably have that done in three weeks. Um, and it will be a mini-sode. So, I mean, because I definitely think we're doing a mini-sode on that one. I know we've sometimes oh, sure. not done mini-sodes, but it's basically on shows that we don't feel we gained anything by watching the reunion. So we've dropped it. Yeah, true. And it's our podcast, so we can do what we want. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, bitch. Um, but on that note, we hope that you are all surviving. And if you're yes. if you're in the UK and in fucking lockdown and homeschooling and having to make the fucking shit decision about whether you earn money or you know prevent your kids from not learning anything, then let me tell you, hand on my fucking heart, I feel you, and uh, I hope that this has brought even just an hour or so of. A joy that you, or escapism for you absolutely to our listeners in the uk your fucking u.s brethren are holding up a fist in solidarity with you hoping to christ and that we don't great. walk down 
Well, and also here's the thing: we're good with that now because our U.S. brethren are run by is run by Biden and not by the fucking goblin that was. Trump. I can't even tell you how nice it has been to not like have the news be shit every day. <laughs> the first thing in the morning, I've had a bit of a. Reprieve. Did you also see? It's been a week of some hope, and we'll see. Did you see? I just fucking love Melania got on that plane in like a black suit. Like she was going to a funeral. She got off that plane in Florida in a fucking caftan. And you could tell she's heading straight for her divorce lawyer's office. Oh, she's no. like, I am late I for so. my appointment. I think she, so my mom has a theory. I know this is going to go on a little bit, but I'll share it with you. So my mom has a theory that when he became president, she renegotiated her like, uh, her like terms. Yeah, her term, her terms and conditions, her T's and C's were updated. So I don't think she'll divorce him. But I mean, you know, now they're retired in Florida, like so many other people in Florida. I think, I, I, let's see, let's pace. I 100% think she's going to divorce him. So we'll see. Yeah, I will put we'll money on the fact that she won't, but we'll see who's right in 20 we'll years. We'll put a pound on it. Yeah. A pound on it. <laughs> I'll buy you a drink. Like, you trading, buy me a drink. like trading places. There you go. Um, Listen, have a great, have as good a week as you fucking can. Absolutely. Uh, Be gentle on yourself. Look after each other. And remember, smart people watch reality TV too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims. Oh, 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 oh